Hey, God bless you, Rock Church. Welcome. My name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here. And you picked a great day to come to church. We are in the middle of our series entitled Journey to Breakthrough. We're in week three. So go ahead and type that in the chat, Journey to Breakthrough. We all need a breakthrough towards something. And I hope you've been enjoying this season. In fact, we actually kicked off week one talking about fasting. And so uh, let me encourage you, keep going. Uh, there's nothing fast about it. 40 days towards Easter, there will be breakthrough, but keep going. Uh, some of you, your pants are fitting a little looser like mine. Uh, stay, stay focused. If you fell off the horse, maybe the, the second week, you just got tempted to get a little something or, or jump back on social media, put it down, lay down the food, whatever it was that you gave up, that you're saying, Lord, I'm releasing this so I can get close to you, jump back on, keep going. So God bless you. And if you want more information about our fast, just text that word FAST to 52525. You can download a ton of great information that'll help you keep going. So I'm praying for you and God bless you. Uh, but today, uh, week three in Journey to Breakthrough. I've been loving this series, by the way, because we just came out of a series before, and I want to encourage you, go check that one out. It was called Better Together, but I'm kind of borrowing from that one for today because some of you, you couldn't receive it because you're not better together in your relationships because you've been bitter forever. And so you're going to get breakthrough today because breakthrough's on the menu. Today's message is for the person that really, really desperately needs breakthrough in some sort of relationship that's been fractured. Maybe it is your family relationship could be between you and your spouse and that relationship. There, there's tension there and you're just believing God for a breakthrough. It could be a work or a job relationship, relationship with a coworker. It could be with your kids. And, and maybe there's a mom out there that just on the way to work is watching this and it, 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 the kids won't stop. And maybe one of them said something and there's been a root that's been, or a seed that's been planted and, and it's growing and you just don't like it. And there's, there's a tension there. It's been hard to, Receive love and give love to even your kiddos. I want to give you a breakthrough today. I want to help you with that. We all need breakthrough because breakthrough is when we, we move through an obstacle. We press through and we break through something. And specifically for this series, we're breaking through a spiritual obstacle. Something's holding you back. And I want to help you break through that today. So why don't you bow your heads and pray with me wherever you are. And let's just seek the Lord and ask him to speak to us. So Lord Jesus, we love you. Father in heaven, we bless you and we're just grateful for this time together. We all need breakthrough. We desperately want to move past that thing, that spiritual obstacle that's holding us back. And today as we unpack this idea of breaking free so that we can find healing in a relationship, we pray that you would make it clear to us who that person is and how we get there. The Holy Spirit, fill me up that my words may edify and build up our church. We pray that in Jesus' name, wherever you are, someone shout, Amen, amen, and amen. Well, uh, a few weeks ago, there was silence in my house, and I got two little kids. And as a parent, parents, you know this, when it's quiet in the house, you better start looking for your kids because there's one of them trying to stick a screwdriver in an outlet or something, and you, you're not sure what's going to go down. So I was looking for my, my, my kids, and I, I found my son quietly sitting in the bathroom. And as I looked over at my son Levi, I, I found him with a toothbrush, but he wasn't brushing his teeth. He was cleaning out the toe jam in his toes. And I said, Levi, what, what are you doing, man? And he looked up, startled, and he goes, Dad, I'm cleaning my toes. And I said, yeah, but wh why are you using a toothbrush? He's like, because they're, they're dirty. And then it hit me, that's not his toothbrush. And I said, Levi, <laughs> whose toothbrush is that? And he said, Dad, it's my sister. Why, why would you use your sister's toothbrush? And he gave me the most honest answer I think he could have given me, Dad because I didn't want to use my toothbrush. 
<laughs> I, I, I was mad, but at the same time, it was hilarious. It was one of those where I had to walk out. I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I couldn't even deal with it. I had to send his mom in, my wife, Vanessa. I said, go, go deal with this dude. When did he get like this? Where did, where did he learn this offensive behavior? I was offended for his sister. And she didn't even know about it, but I was offended for her. And I had to walk out. And I thought to myself, where did he, where did he learn this, this behavior? I don't know that he learned it. Maybe it just was in him because he's born in this broken, sinful world, just like all of us. And if you and I are honest with one another, you kind of have to admit there's a little bit of offensive behavior in each one of us. David wrote this in Psalm 139 about this very thing. He knew this and he says, Lord, search me, God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any, say it with me, offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So what's he saying? He's saying, God, would you just search this wretched thing inside of me? I know I'm broken. Would you look inside? Because I know that we can get stuck living behind all the offensive stuff that I've done. I start believing things about me because of what I've done, how I've offended people. Or... I can get stuck living behind the offensive stuff that's been done to me. I want you to pay attention. You and I, we can get stuck living behind offense. Here's offense. Here it is. And, and, and you and I, we, we can get stuck living behind this because of the things that maybe we've done to people, I've been offensive, or because of the things that have been done to us, I'm offended. And then you start living out of this place of offense. I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm depressed because of what's been done. Now I'm living resentful, I'm stuck behind a fence, I'm living discouraged, and now some of you are just straight bitter. But I don't want us to stay bitter, I don't want to stay here, I want us to go from bitter to breakthrough. This is, this is what happens when you move from behind the fence through it to breakthrough. Here's what I know. Here's the big idea today. I, I wrote this down. Maybe you write this down. Offense is unavoidable, but offended, that's a decision. And the pathway around offense, watch this, is forgiveness. I'm going to say it again because it was good. And I'm preaching to myself. Offense is unavoidable. It's going to happen. You're going to offend somebody. They're going to offend you. It's unavoidable. But offended, that's a decision. And the pathway around offense is forgiveness. It's the key that unlocks the door to breakthrough in your relationships. The title of my message today is From Bitter to Breakthrough. Uh, would you turn with me to 2 Samuel, if you had your Bibles with you, chapter 16, verse 5 through 9. I'm going to read that and Jump in and out a little bit. Second Samuel chapter 16, verse five through nine. It's a story about King David. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm reading through this today because in this story, David is tempted with offense. He's clearly offended. The character named Shimei, you're gonna read about in a second, is ridiculously offensive. But David chooses a different decision and he extends forgiveness. Here's what it says in Second Samuel Chapter 16, verses five through nine. As King David approached Baharim, a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. So here's what you need to know. Saul was the king before David. And so this man comes from 
uh, a same clan as Saul. So th this man that's going to oppose David is not for David. He's for the old ways. He likes the old school. He's from the old group, the old OG homies and the new kids on the block, David. And so King David approaches Baharim and a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. His name was Shimei, son of Gera. And he cursed as he came out. He pelted David and all the king's officials with stones. Though all the troops in the special guard were on David's right and left. As he cursed, Shimei said, get out, get out, you murderer, you scoundrel. Man, he's, he's, he's digging deep. He pulled out scoundrel. <laughs> he's cursing. He says, get out. Get out, you murderer, you scoundrel. In verse eight, the Lord has repaid you for all the bloodshed and the household of Saul in whose place you have reigned. Now, I want to give you some context. See, Shimei made the assumption, the false accusation that David was responsible for the death of Saul and the death of Saul's sons. We find out later that that's not the case, but Shimei is saying, David, you scoundrel, you dirty, rotten, bleepity, blank, blank, you beep, 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 beep. He's throwing stones, he's hitting David's men, and he's mad at him for the bloodshed that he thinks David is responsible for. David is tempted to be offended with offense. Let's keep going in the story. As he cursed him, Shimei said, get out, you murderer, you scoundrel, and the Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul and whose place you've reigned. The Lord has given the kingdom into the hands of your son Absalom. You have come to ruin because you're a murderer. I wonder how many people have told you, you are this because of this. I wonder how many people you've said something like that to. Hey, you, you blanket, you're that because of this. That's what happens in the story. Offensive. I'm offended reading the story right now. And, and you've come to ruin because you're a murderer. Then Abishai, son of Zariah, said to the king, this is one of David's boys from the new school, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. And I don't know if he said it like, man, who, who, let me go over and cut off his head. Or if he said it like, who, who's this dead dog cursing my Lord? Let me just go handle this. And I, I don't know about you, but I have been tempted in my life to try to handle some things. Whether it's handle it verbally and try to verbally piece somebody up. Someone says something to you and ooh, it just mess with you. And, and, and you're trying to come with a, with a comeback. And, and, and I always get the comeback after, after the case. You go away just all sad and go, oh, I, I got my comeback. Or maybe you've been tempted to physically Lay some hands, right? Catch me outside. How about that? That's, that's, the, that's the story. And David's guy, Abishai, says, who's this dead dog that he should curse my king? Let me go out and cut off his head. David's guy is offended because of offense. David takes a different route. In 2 Samuel verse 16, or chapter 16, verse 11, a few verses down, we see how David resolves it. Verse 11, David then said to Abishai and all his officials, my son, my own flesh and blood is trying to kill me, which is true, that's Absalom. How much more than this Benjamite? Leave him alone. Leave him alone. What's David saying? Let it go. That's a, that's a prophetic word from somebody today, for somebody today, let it go. I, I know it hurts, I know it's offensive, I know, I, I know it 
you feel like you are resentful, discouraged, you're feeling in a certain type of way, but just prophetically, can I give that to you today? Let it go. Leave, leave it alone. And David says that to his man, leave him alone. Let him curse, for maybe the Lord's told him to. It may be that the Lord will look upon my misery and restore to me his covenant blessing instead of his curse today. So David and his men continued along the road while Shimei was going along the hillside opposite him, cursing as he went and throwing stones. Then he gets childish and showering him with dirt. He's taking it back to the playground, throwing dirt clots. Verse 14, then the king and all the people with him arrived at their destination exhausted. Of course they are. They've been offended. And there he refreshed himself. So here's the million dollar question. How do you and I forgive? That's the million dollar question. When you and I are met with offense and we're tempted to live and get stuck behind it in hurt and anger and, and, and resent, feeling discouraged and now I'm bitter, but I want to get to breakthrough. That's the message today. From bitter to breakthrough, well, the path from there to there is Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the breakthrough in our relationships. But how do I do it? That's the million dollar question. How do we forgive? How is it even possible? How do I see past offense so I can get from bitter to breakthrough? How do I make sense of what's been done to me? That's the first rock that was thrown. Or, or how do I get past what's been said to me? Maybe it's not what was done. Maybe it's what was said. Maybe it wasn't what they did, but it was how they said it. That's the second stone that, that hits you. Or, or how do you get past the way they made you feel? You just felt little, you felt small, you felt betrayed. That's the third stone that hits you on your journey. Here's what we know. Offense is unavoidable. It's just there. You're gonna be offensive. They're gonna be offensive. Offense is unavoidable. But offended, that's a decision. And the pathway around offense is forgiveness. So how do we forgive? I wanna give you Four decisions you can make that lead to forgiveness. Store these away. Write these in your journal. Send them out. These are gonna change some people today. I wanna help you get breakthrough in your relationships. Four decisions you can make that lead to forgiveness. Here's number one, first decision. Refocus on the real enemy. Refocus on the real enemy. Ephesians chapter six, verse 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of the evil, of evil in the heavenly realms. I was uh, scrolling through uh, Instagram because I'm not fasting social media. Shout out to all those that are. God bless you. Uh, but my pants are getting a little bit more loose. Come on, somebody. But I was scrolling through Instagram and Sports Center came up with this clip of... Uh, 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 a boxing match and the two guys were fighting and it was getting close to the end of the round and the referee who, who, who was not dressed to fight, who wasn't in the fight, got too close to the battle, got too close to the two, two guys that were fighting. And before the, 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 the bell rang and the timer was up on that round, he got close and one of the dudes swung and the ref got in the way, boom, and he gets knocked out. He got KO'd. The referee got knocked out in a fight that he wasn't in. Can I tell you, church, this is like 
many of you, you are fighting a 12 round fight that you aren't dressed to fight in. You weren't meant to be in. You shouldn't even be in the battle, but for whatever reason you are. And all the people around you just, they, they know that's not your fight. Your spouse is not your enemy. That's not your fight. Your children are not your enemy. That's not your fight. Your coworker, even though you think, no, 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 but that, that's my enemy. They're not your enemy. There's a different enemy. Ephesians says our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, not against human, not against man and woman, not against my friend, my brother, my spouse. No, but it's against the evil one. There's an adversary. His name is Satan. He's the real enemy. He's the one that hates your relationships. He's the one that hates your marriage. He hates your kids. He hates your job that you, you, you went to school for and that you prayed for. And now all of a sudden, because you got offended with offense, now you're living behind it. Now you hate the job and the people in it. No, no, no. But that's not who the battle is. You're not supposed to be in that battle. There's an adversary in the midst of the offenses that come. Choose to forgive. It starts by refocusing on the real enemy, Satan. Here's number two. Here's the second decision you can make that leads to forgiveness. Number two, release them, whoever them is, of your expectations. Release them of your expectations. Now Luke chapter six, verse 35 says, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting anything back. That's hard to do. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. The scriptures say, I want you to, to lend, to give, to, to give what God's given you without expecting anything in return. Uh, one of, one of my, my wife's favorite shows is called Married at First Sight. Married at First Sight. And, and, and there's a few shows as a husband that I don't, I don't choose to watch, but my wife chooses to watch it. And, and fellas, you know how it is sometimes, you just kind of, you're, you're, you're in the kitchen, you're making a sandwich or something, or you're doing something, you see this show, you're like, this is, what is this? What is it? What, what, is, what are you watching? And then you hear something and then you got now all of a sudden, now we're eating popcorn together watching the show. That's one of these shows, Married at First Sight. Well, there's a guy in the show named Elijah Wan, and I'm not blowing him up because he already blowed himself up on the show. He made a mess of it. And in this show, Married at First Sight, he meets this girl. They get married at first sight. They're in week three of marriage, and he's got an issue with his wife. These are his words, because she wasn't meeting his expectations of wifiness, of wifeism. You know what his expectations were? I feel like I'm not even safe up here saying this. She wasn't cooking, and she wasn't cleaning. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. My wife and I were watching this show and I hear what Elisha Wan is saying in week three of being married. He just met her. He doesn't even know if she likes him, but he's upset and mad and now he's offended because she's not meeting his expectations. You're not, you're not, you're not meeting my expectations because I thought you were gonna be as, as, as wifey cooking and, and cleaning. You didn't live up to my expectation and now I'm offended. Uh, can I just tell you, church, lay down your expectation of that person. Lay it down. That, that is often the number one reason why people in relationships get hurt. Because of your unrealistic expectation or your unmet expectation, that, that it, that it even, it's not even for them. It's your expectation. 
Can I just encourage you, lay it down. Let it go. The scriptures say, give and lend without expecting to get it back. You can forgive without expecting to get it back. And we go, well, I'll forgive them if they just A, B, C, D. No, no, no. Just, just lay down your expectation and forgive them. Make that decision today to release them of your expectation. Well, I, no, no, no. I'll forgive them. I'll forgive them when they forgive. You go first. No, 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 no. Release them of your expectation. Be free. Forgiveness is for you. How do we forgive? You, you decide today to release them of your expectation. I'm going to forgive and not expect anything in return. Just let it go. Here's the third thing. Here's the third decision that you can make. Choose forgiveness at least to forgiveness. Number one, we're going to refocus on the real enemy. Number two, we're going to release them of your expectation. Number three, rebuild what you once said you loved. And now this point may not be for everybody, but this point is for somebody. And maybe, maybe you, you, you tune in just for this one. Rebuild what you once said you loved. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. Uh-oh, there's a fence. Yeah, but love isn't easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Keeping record of wrongs are for those people who have been offended, they made that decision, and are living behind a fence. But when you decide to rebuild what you once said you love, you do what 1 Corinthians says. I won't be easily angered. I'm not going to keep a record of wrong. In fact, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never fails. When Vanessa and I were dating, and we've been together almost 14 years, uh, early on when we were dating, I remember we broke up. And, and can I just tell you, marriage is better than, than dating. In dating, you're kind of like double dutch. You're like, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. And marriage, I'm in. You know what I mean? Come on. Marriage is good. But in dating, we, we, were, we, were, we were double dutch right here. And there were times where we got frustrated with one another. And I remember breaking up her and I. And in that, I remember because it was during a fast. And, and during that fast, we both sought the Lord and we were hearing from our mutual friends how good the other person was doing and how I was growing and she was growing. And then I saw her at a, at a mutual friend's birthday party and we were both at fighting weight because it was the fast and we were looking lean and mean and looking good. And I saw her and I couldn't remember anything that I was mad about. Offense, I was over it. All I saw was the girl that I loved. All I saw were the reasons why I loved her. I was more in love with her than I was mad at her. I cared more for her than I complained about her. I made the decision. We made the decision. You know what? I think I'm going to rebuild what I once said I loved. And I'm going to move past a fence. I no longer want to be hurt, angry. I know I'm feeling a little certain weight, resentful, discouraged, bitter. I want breakthrough. I came for breakthrough. I'm moving from bitter to breakthrough. But the path from bitter to breakthrough is forgiveness. It's the key that unlocks breakthrough in our relationships. So we chose forgiveness. We got back together and the rest is history. We made that decision to forgive and move forward with one another. 
And I don't know who this point is for, but there's somebody that's listening today that's at church and God wants to bring breakthrough in a relationship. I don't know who this is for, but it's for somebody. God wants to bring breakthrough. There's a relationship in your life that needs to be rebuilt with your kids, with your best friend, and breakthrough begins when you decide to forgive. And I know that may have hurt you. I know they may have said something just, oh, that hurt, oh, it went to my core. But offense, that's always gonna be around. You're offensive. They're offensive. But offended is a decision. And the path around that is forgiveness. Make the decision today. Say, I'm gonna rebuild what I once said I loved. Here's the last thing I wanna give you. Number four, the fourth decision you can make that leads to forgiveness. You can decide and remember, I need forgiveness too. Just make that decision, just, just, just say, I, I, remember, I need forgiveness too. Romans chapter three, verse 23, and you know this, many of you who are, who are church people, for all have sinned. Who's all? That's all. All have sinned, that's all. That's you, that's me, that's him, that's her. It's the camera guy right here. That's our production people in the back. That's our setup team on Sunday. That's you at, at home or in the car. That's for all have sinned. Let's just get there and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone needs forgiveness. I remember there was a Sprite commercial growing up and this kid was outside looking at Grant Hill drinking Sprite and Grant Hill was just dunking the basketball and he goes, oh, Grant Hill drinks Sprite. And he thought maybe if I could drink the Sprite, I could be like Grant Hill. And so he drinks all this Sprite and he goes to slam dunk and boom, he bricks, he hits the rim and he falls short. That's you and me over and over and over and over. We will never be Grant Hill in the spiritual realm. We will never be like Jesus. We always fall short of God's glory. You and I, need forgiveness too. Matthew 10, eight says, freely you have received it. So freely give it. So we, we know this concept. Maybe, maybe you're just finding out now you're a sinner. But once you know that, you gotta do something about that. Matthew 10, eight says, freely you have received, so freely give. Um, on my way to work, every day I drive my kids to school and I come to work and there's this section on, on the freeway where the line gets really long. And when the line gets, gets long, I'm the guy, I'm that guy that will pass all the cars, I know, and at the last minute put the blinker on, put my hand out and say, my bad, sorry about that, and get in. And I just, you know, I, I'm sorry, I, please, I'm, I'm an offensive driver, I get it. I'm that guy. But I'm also the guy that doesn't like it when someone else wants to come down the lane and get in front of me. I, I received the, the, the mercy to get in the lane, but I don't like to give it. But we gotta make the decision. Am I gonna receive what God gives? And if my answer is yes, then you and I gotta give what God gave. If you can receive what God has given, then give what God gives. Here's how the story ends. And you gotta go a couple chapters down in 2 Samuel 19. This is incredible. Because David was on his way out of Jerusalem. Now David has returned to Jerusalem and something happened in Shimei's life. He hears that the king is back, his heart has changed and he comes running to meet the king, David. Here's what it says. Second Samuel 19, verse 16, Shimei, son of Gera, the Benjamite from Baharim, hurried down with the men of Judah to meet the king David. 
With him were a thousand Benjamites. This dude brought a thousand other men. Along with Ziba, the steward of Saul's household. And his 15 sons and his 20 servants. He brings everybody. They rushed to the Jordan where the king was. They crossed at the ford to take the king's household over and to do whatever he wished. When Shimei, son of Gerah, crossed the Jordan, he fell down before the king. He, he falls prostrate before the, before the king. He lays down in verse 19 and says to David, may my Lord not hold me guilty. Do not remember how your servant did wrong. Remember when I was throwing dirt at you, David? Remember when I was throwing stones at you? Remember how offensive I was? Do not remember how your servant did wrong on the day my Lord, the king, left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind. For I, your servant, know, uh uh-oh, that I too have sinned. But today I have come here as the first from the tribes of Joseph to come down and meet my Lord, the king. He says, something happened in my heart. And scripture doesn't tell us, is he admitting to him throwing stones as the sin? Or maybe God has met him and he realized, man, who am I to be calling out other people when I'm full of jacked up stuff and I'm offensive. I got offense all over me. And so he comes to David and he lays down and goes, man, would you put all of that out of your mind? I know I was offensive, but would you make the decision today, David, the king, to forgive me? And David chooses to forgive him and he spares his life. Why? Because David has been forgiven. David is the guy who wrote Psalm 139. We read at the beginning. Search my heart, God. Test me, know me, reveal my offenses. I got a bunch of it inside of me, Lord. And then lead me in the way everlasting. David knew that offense is unavoidable. But offended, that's a decision. And the pathway around offense is forgiveness. How do we do it? We make the decision to refocus on the real enemy, to release them, whoever that is, of your expectations. We rebuild what you once said you love, and you remember that I need forgiveness too. I need forgiveness too. You need forgiveness too. Maybe that's where we begin today. And maybe that's the decision that you got to make today is I need forgiveness, Lord. I need to receive forgiveness for the offenses against you. And so that's where you are today. I want to lead you in a prayer to two things. One, to meet your Lord and Savior. There's many of you that don't know who God is. And maybe you've been coming to church. You've been joining us online. Maybe you're back in the building on occasion. But you're just kind of doing church. And and you haven't given your life to Jesus. You haven't said, Lord, forgive me of all my offenses. I receive it today. That's one one group of people. There's another group that just needs to forgive people and make that decision. I'm going to find breakthrough. I've been laying my relationships on the altar of offense and I'm no longer going to stay there. I'm no longer going to live here. I want breakthrough. That's where I'm headed. So if you're, that's you today. I want you to just bow your heads wherever you are and the quiet of your heart. Would you just pray this prayer with me as I lead you just to receive Jesus or for some of you just confess, Lord, I've been offensive. I need to forgive. I want breakthrough in my relationship. So as your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, say, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm offensive. And I admit that I've been offended and I've made that decision myself. And I've sacrificed so many relationships with people. It's hurt my marriage. It's hurt my friends. Hurt my kids. You fill in the blank. So I admit that I've sinned. But I believe, Lord, 
that you died on the cross. And by believing in you, you forgive me today. I receive it right now. And help me as I freely receive to freely give forgiveness and give it away. Thank you, Lord. Be the Lord of my life. Change me forever. Give me a new heart, a new mind, new soul. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.